hey, I'd love to introduce you to all the cool people I met at the Simon Symposium, but I can't. But I did get to interview a handful of really interesting people and check out today's episode to hear some interesting conversations, including one with some of the youngest people I've met that are working in the snow and landscape industry, some some random people on a train, right? What am I doing on a train? And all kinds of different business ideas that'll help you grow your snow and landscape company. So let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, Jack Jostis here, and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. This show is all about sales, marketing, and inspiring ideas for the snow and landscape industry. Right now, I'm on a train in Hartford, Connecticut, having an amazing time at the final experience of the 2023 SIMA Symposium. That's the Snow Ice Management Association. They've done an amazing job. Go to their show next year in Pittsburgh, and let's get into some conversations with people that I met while I was at the show. Okay, so right now, what train are we on right now? Even right now, you're on the uh, Essex Steam Train Clipper Dinner Train, and and we're in we're just outside of Hartford, Connecticut. We're having an amazing time. And Stu, are you the conductor? Yeah, I'm the conductor of the train. That's correct. And how long have you done this? Uh, this is about my 14th year working for the railroad. This is my retirement job. I used to be a public works guy in charge of snow removal. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. So tell us, tell us about some of your snow career. Well, it was a um, pretty fairly long career. I was public works director for 36 years in a town about uh, 20 miles west of here, town of Madison, Connecticut. Uh, and when I was in the Navy, my last tour of duty was at the Brunswick Naval Air Station, where I, where I was in charge of snow removal there also. So I've a pretty long experience in snow removal. A lot's changed since I've retired in terms of uh, technology, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Technology is changing constantly, especially in snow. Um, what, do you, what do you love about being the conductor of a train? What's your day like? Well, it's, it's just kind of, it's fun. Um, you get to meet a lot of people like you, people today from all over the country and uh-huh. Canada. Uh, and usually on our dinner train, we have similar people, people traveling from far away. And then we have a lot of local people too. Uh, it's just uh, fun to, to be out with people and uh, keeps you busy. Well, well, Stu, thanks for, uh, this has been an amazing experience. We've got, we just had prime rib on a train in Connecticut. Who knew that was even possible? That's right. It's so, one of our specialties. I, I loved it. So anyways, thanks for coming on the show and thanks for doing what you do. All right, everyone, I'm excited to interview Thane Isaacs. We met last night at the Simon Symposium After Hours event. And I really enjoyed hearing some of your story of how you you worked in the snow and landscape industry for around, what was it, 20 years? Uh, longer than that. They used to say I was a quarter of a century in 10 years ago. <laughs> All right. And, and, and now you, you work primarily as a coach with snow and landscape companies. And we, we connected over working with people. Yes. And the people being the key to running a company and taking care of them. And tell me a little bit about what were you saying about you know, bringing on interns and, and, and really coaching people up in, your, in organizations. Yeah, I just feel sometimes that businesses bring interns in and they use them as summer help. They don't actually have an agenda for them and they're not teaching them about the industry. If you bring someone in as an intern and all you're doing is having them out there cut the grass every day, are they really learning about the industry? We're making it interesting. We're giving them a job, not a career path. 
and I believe we should be investing in them because when we do that, that makes them excited and that's our future for the industry. We have to keep this industry going at a high level. That's why I'm here today. That's why you do what you do. And I think that's very important. Would you agree? I, I agree. And I, you know, giving interns real work gives them an opportunity to, to learn, right. get their feet wet, and then eventually become potentially a full-time employee. And and maybe maybe you know Monique Allen. Do you know Monique Allen? I do not know so Monique, Monique Allen. So is, is, Monique has a paid apprenticeship program. Oh, cool. And so she runs a landscape company in Massachusetts. I remember interviewing her, and during COVID, when a lot of other industries were closed and landscaping was essential, many people left their current career joined landscape industry and she had the same retention rate from her paid apprentices that she did with people with experience. Wow. So it ended up being a really good rewarding experience for the people doing the apprenticeship and then she retained a lot of them full time and one of them even did sales. Right. And again, how do you know what someone is interested in if you keep them in one area? They may find it's like I don't like doing this. Oh, this is incredible. I love this. I want to be I want to get into irrigation or I want to get into installation. I don't want to do the maintenance or I want to do the maintenance. And if you just put them in one thing, they never have that opportunity. And again, to me, I, I was interviewing the chairman of SIMA this year, and he mentioned that word three times. You mentioned it several times. Opportunity is before us, but we also have to provide it for other people, right? When we get so much, we have to give back. And if we're taking all the opportunity and not giving it to other people, that's not sustainable. I, I agree. Tell us a little bit, what's your LinkedIn show? So you interviewed me today. Uh, what what is the name of the show and where can we where can we watch it? It's called Coffee on the Peak. We do it every uh, Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern, and I do it with my partner Scott Lisak, which you know Scott. He you can almost be twins, uh, <laughs> and um, then it replays on Turfs Up Radio at, at nauseum. You can hear it anytime you want just by going and putting it in. We've had some amazing guests from Josh Gamez. Uh, we've had. Um, We've had people who are just new to the industry, so we don't just think we need the big players. Uh, we've had people who do $250,000 a year, because their story is as important as Josh's. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to put anyone down, but their story is so important, because Josh was that guy one time. And who, how do we know that guy is not going to be the next Josh Gamez? We've got to give everybody opportunity. And I, I have an abundant mindset. I got asked one time, why do you help other coaches? Why do you promote other coaches? 900 million people on LinkedIn, I can only coach half of them. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and I think the personality fit with any kind of coach mm -hmm. is so important. Right, right. And, and there are things that you do really well. There are things that Scott does really well. There's other people, obviously. Right. Uh, what, um, what, what is the survey that you, you're working on? in the future. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I'm working on doing a customer satisfaction survey process within the green industry. We're in the process of beta testing it right now. I'm actually, there's this, this guy who I'm going to get to uh, help me with my website because he is a... You know a guy. He is a deal doer with, with that. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to use that. But we want to help people serve their customers better, but also help the customers understand what they need to do to get better service. And then eventually we're going to also move this into the sales process. Within three months of the first sale, we want to be interviewing how the sales process went so people can improve that. Because if you don't have the information, how do you know you're, you, you think you're great and then you lose a contract? How did that happen? You, you, you thought you were doing, we need to know. And people aren't going to tell you as a business owner or the account manager as much as they'll tell an outside party. That's a true fact. Yeah, so, so you're going to be interviewing 
the customers of your coaching clients? No, I'm going to be interviewing the customers of, of, of anybody in the green industry. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, interesting. I didn't yes, realize that it yes. was that far no, reaching. Yes, yeah, so we're going to interview anyone in the green industry uh, who people want to do it. And everyone I brought, when I started my coaching business, I was like, okay, that's great. I had one guy go, come start right away. But everyone I brought this up to is, is like, as soon as you get this going, let me know. The first three people I reached out to do the beta test was like, yes, we're like, we are in, we want to do this. Uh, I think it's something we need. We need to have our pulse because everything that works can break. And if we don't know what's going to break, if we're not putting it out there, our competition is going to break it for us, right? So we have to be aware before. And if we have the pulse of what the client is desiring over what we think they need, and we can adjust, we can be ahead of the curve. That's my take on it. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I look forward to seeing the results of that. Cool. And uh, Thane Isaacs, thanks yes. for coming on the show. If you're watching this, connect with Thane on LinkedIn. He's really active there. You'll find out about that survey and the other things he's up to. All right, I'm here with Kevin Larson from Aspire. And Kevin, a lot of my clients, mastermind members, podcast listeners say, Jack, what software do you recommend? And I always recommend that they consider Aspire, especially as they grow beyond a million and they're looking to grow. It pulls a lot of different functions together um, into uh, one software, right? Yeah. And it allows you to grow and the clients who are using it love it, they yeah. swear by it. And a lot of people get hung up on, well, doesn't Aspire charge a percentage of revenue? Why do they do that when the other companies are charging a, you know, a per user fee? So can you sure. kind of explain that to us? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And, and I'm glad that you're asking it. So the user base model does not have any economy to scale built into it. So in other words, if you were to double your company's size, chances are you would double your user count. If you're on a user based model, your price is gonna double. So the difference with Aspire using the percentage of revenue is that as you grow, every single dollar that you grow on Aspire becomes less of a percentage of revenue. So it, it's built to scale as you grow. And so that actual, the percentage may even become smaller as I get larger. Absolutely it will. Okay, great. Significant. Whereas if I'm, if I'm charged a per user fee, that cost per, so the cost per user in that case, it, could it go down? If, yes. we, if I were to... Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That, that makes sense. And then also from a forecasting and growth standpoint, it's it's often easier to think into the future of, okay, I'm at 2 million now, I'm going to get to 3 million, and Aspire is able to, to work with me on figuring out what, the, what I'll need to budget for exactly. from software. Exactly. Because as you grow, if I say, how, how big do you want to be in two years, you're not going to say 48 users. You're going to say, I want to be a $5 million company. And with talking in revenue and percentages of revenue, you know exactly what your cost of Aspire is going to be. So it, it's a simple algorithm. Um, it's very easy to calculate. So to us, we're keeping things simplified. One other thing we see is on the user base model, everybody wants to save costs by not giving full access to all of their management. That's a problem. Right. right, yeah, because then when you're withholding access to this amazing resource from certain people because you're trying to save money, it, it kind of defeats the purpose right. of having that amazing tool. Right, exactly. And, and that's how we feel. So with us, it's a keys to the castle kind of deal. You, you pay the subscription, 
and you have full access to everything we have to offer. Cool. Well, Kevin, thanks for, for clarifying yeah. this. It's a question that a lot of people ask, so I'm looking forward to just sending them this video. Yeah. And uh, for those of you watching, if you're not using Aspire, Ramblin' Jackson is a partner with Aspire, and we've created a special offer where you can get your first six months free um, when you sign up with them through a link at ramblinjackson.com slash Aspire. So check that out. And that form that I built goes directly to our partner team who's aware of the, yep. the collaboration we have and just have a conversation with the Aspire team. They're super friendly, super yeah. helpful, and they'll help you figure out what you need to use. And you've got some exciting new products like Property Intel and what's the other Marketing one? Marketing Pro. Yeah. Um, we have a new partnership with ProQS. Um, we're, it's, the, the direction that we're going is just beyond incredible. It's one single suite to, to manage all of the different aspects of your businesses. So we would love it if you guys would call us to just have the conversation. Um, I, in my opinion, it's, it's, a, it's a equally as big of a decision to stay on the current processes that you're doing as it is to change. And it's worth at least having the conversation of, is this a fit? Can we make Aspire be self-funded for your business? Because at the end of the day, we don't want this to have a cost to you. We want this to be an investment that does have a real tangible ROI to it. All right, everyone, I'm really excited to interview Evan and Clayton. They are 12 and 13. And they're here at the Sima Symposium. What are you guys doing at a snow, uh, a snow removal trade show? Well, I like to come out and check out all the other businesses and try to like, get to know some of the other owners. So when I get older and can own Storks Plows, I can already have a head start. And, and what is Storks Plows and what's your relationship? Uh, well, my dad owns Storks Plows. I like to come over and help him out there. It's a lot of fun and it's a good way to learn about mechanics and stuff like that. And and so what have you done at the show for work? What what's your what's your what's your week kind of been like? Uh it's like just at, when I'm working at Storks Plows, I like to help out and supply stuff and try to help him with whatever he asks me to do. That's cool. Have you met any interesting people while you were here? Actually, I met him and his dad. Oh, you guys didn't know each here. other before the show. Well, I knew I saw him every once in a while at Storks Plows, but I uh -huh. mainly saw him here. I got to hang out with him and his brother last year. Cool. And and Clayton, tell us a little bit about you. What, where do you work, or what are you doing here? <laughs> so yeah, my dad owns Winterstone. and then we do a lot of snow removal and a little bit of excavating. Uh huh. So I mostly hope help with the side of snow removal, and then I, wrote, I run a 908 wheel litter. Wow. So how long have you been running that? So you're, you're 13, so when was the first time you, you ran that? Um, it's probably like eight. I started running equipment when I was probably like six, but I probably started running that machine when I was like eight, and then started working from my dad more when I was probably like 10 or 11. What what do you, what do you guys like about the snow and landscape industry? What what interests you about it? Probably running the equipment. I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's getting to learn how the plows work and everything like that, the mechanics about it. How how have you met any other people here that are around your age? 
No, not really. I mean, some of the people that my dad like works with, uh-huh. I've met some of their kids, but none of them are into it like as much as we are. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I think you're some of the youngest people here. Where do you see yourselves? Like, what are you interested in doing as you as you get a little bit older? I mean, I think I want to keep doing that and maybe like eventually like take over the business. Uh-huh. What What do you think that would be like? You know, so you've grown up around it. Your parents own it. What's What's what attracts you to, like, why would you want to do that? Um, mostly, I just really enjoy running the equipment a lot. I've always just, ever since I was a lot younger, I've always sit in the machine with my dad and everything like that. What, what would you say to other kids um, about the, the snow industry? If you were to tell them, is it a fun industry? Is it cool? Should they check it out? I would say it's a fun way to learn about mechanics and you can just watch all the um, snow plows being built a while you're helping out well um clayton evan thanks for coming on the landscapers guide and uh i'm inspired by you guys working in the industry as young as you are so there's so much opportunity in it and uh keep going all right we are here at the Sima symposium in hartford connecticut i'm with tanner from Main Street Mowing, yep. and you're here all the way from Texas. Yep. So, funny meeting you here at a snow show. <laughs> well, you always have to chase the opportunities. So, I mean, if you see something uh, in your market that may be of value, you, you know, however little it is, if the leads are there and you can verify that people want the service, you gotta like just go chase it and research it and see if it's right and good fit for your company. Yeah, so you, you're doing some really interesting things. We can't talk about all of them. No. But what we can talk about <laughs> is what you're doing with your YouTube channel, and I, okay. wanted to, I wanted to hear about this. So you specialize, one of the things that you do, lawn mowing, but also sod installation. Correct. And specifically zoysia sod installation. Right. So for, for people watching who may not grow zoysia in their local market, what is it and why is it? A good product for you to offer. Okay, so sod installation is not nothing special, right? So right. sod installation is just putting down grass, but zoysia sod is a special grass. It's the premium grass in my market. So if you want the Cadillac of, of a product, you're going to be a special kind of person that wants to spend a little bit more money. And so I can't compete for sod installation because everybody does sod installation, mm-hmm. but there's a special type of sod installation and that's the zoysia sod and so I wanted to focus just on that so I wanted to go out and see if there's enough people that are searching just for that premium grass because if so then I can focus and build a whole crew around a premium product and but I had to first verify I could get the traffic and the leads and enough work that I could focus on that niche within the niche well I, I love it because the the Dallas metro area is one of the most crowded markets in the whole country for sod insulation oh, yeah. for there's, landscape services there's a, there's a trailer on every corner you pull up to a stoplight and there's right. there's you know th- at least three trucks that are doing stuff out so, there so instead of though what many people think is oh i can't compete on price because there's so many people willing to do it for solo you don't you don't no, compete on price, no. you went up. My first year, I, I, I proved that I could get the leads, and we'll talk about that in a minute, so I did that. But then everybody else is charging $700 a pallet, and so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna price myself at $701 a pallet, just, just to be in the market at market price. And lo and behold, I didn't make any freaking money. 
right. and I was discouraged and I worked my butt off and we did a whole lot of freaking business and I left at the end of the year with no money. So uh, then I had to back up and find out what are, my, what are my costs of goods sold, you know. So I realized to myself, damn the market price. I need to go discover what what is what do I have to price myself at for me to make it worth it to me to do the pain in the butt fee of installing grass and focusing on that. So I had enough leads that came in. I knew that there was money in it, but I needed to charge a lot. And so how do you charge a lot in a market where every everybody's installing grass? And so I had to build value before we ever show up to the house to give the estimate. I had to prove to them that it was worth it to come talk to my company and spend, you know, 60% more than they were willing to spend. And and so what are some of the ways that you're using video to not only for SEO but also to then, you know, really qualify leads so by the time they get to you they're ready to buy. So when somebody's going to spend say $10,000 on a on any product in their mind they have that anxiety there's a risk i hope i get what i'm paying for right, right. so you got to prove to them that if they buy from you they're going to get what they want right so you want to you want to tear out a good lawn to put in a great lawn well you could hire this guy or that guy but there's risk there because you're not sure that they can do a great job right so i have to show with video here's my crew look at here, this is our install process this is the final product and I had to be, you know, I'm excited about my business. I have to show my passion and that I want to do a good job. I had to prove that I can do a job, I want to do a good job, and that our company is large enough and reliable enough that if anything goes wrong, we're going to stand behind our product. And you can't just do that with a blog post. You have to, they have to get to know you. And the best way for them to know you, like you, and trust you is video. So video works even when you're selling sod installation or you said when you're selling anything when you're selling anything so it doesn't matter what you're selling if you want to sell a high ticket price item a landscape insulation pavers if you want to go out and do anything that's more than just your average lawn mowing some people really want to have that no like and trust before they even hire you for lawn mowing but especially when there's the high ticket price items anything over say three thousand bucks they're kind of going to want to get proven to them before they hire you, that you're the right company for the job. So that yeah. the risk is not I, there. I agree. I've been doing video for about 14 years now. And um, the, the main reason is it builds that know, like, and trust. It also builds that with, with recruiting. Mm -hmm. So many of my clients find that when they use video, their potential employees notice it and have that rapport building. Um, so I absolutely see it working in my business, in your business. What are maybe some tips that you have for people who are the light bulbs going off? They're thinking of, oh, I, I could do video, but I can't, or I don't know how to get started. You're making most of yours on your phone, right? Yeah, your phone is good enough, and it really doesn't matter the quality of the video or even the quality of the audio. You know, shoot whatever you got, get it out there. Really, the content is what they're looking for, not the quality of the video. Some of the biggest problems is, is finding what am I even going to shoot about, you know? So you got to think about when you go to sell your product, what are all these questions that people are asking you? If you're selling pavers, are they asking you about the types of pavers? Are they asking you about your grading process or the, the how long is this paver going to be level in my yard? You know, all those types of questions people ask. In sod installation, it's like, you know, what are you going to do about these roots that are all up on my yard? I have Bermuda that uh, doesn't survive underneath the trees. It's all gone. And now I have all this erosion, you know, um, 
what what did they do wrong with their yard because they just got a sod installed and it looks like hell you know so you all these questions people ask you at the door when you're selling a product you definitely have to make a video about that check out Tanner's videos start making yeah. your own videos and you'll see they're not professional and I'm I'm a dork and I'm a geek I'm like I call myself a dork and I'm just be real with the person because right. you want them to know you and like you right and so if you try to read a script they're not gonna know you I agree they're gonna think you're staging it and you're reading from a script and they're not they're gonna say oh this guy's just a robot but you gotta be real if you make a mistake just keep rolling and if you get nervous delete that son of a gun and start over because the good thing is you're not going live you're, right uh, right I mean, not unless you're a pro and I'm not a pro so I'm not gonna go live I'm just gonna shoot a video yeah. if it, if it kind of did the job then I'm just gonna publish that thing and the more often you publish it the better yeah, and some of these have had you know dozen or like 45,000 views or th that was just what I looked at have you had others that have had even more uh, I think there's a couple hundred thousand views on a couple of our yeah videos. you know so that's the, the thing about these videos is once you make them if they answer a question well mm -hmm. and how much is always a really gonna change over time right I mean yeah, the, yeah. my point is you have you have evergreen content meaning once you yeah. make it it's good yeah ongoing so we get we made a video I think two two and a half years ago and I didn't know it was gonna hit I didn't know if it was gonna be what people were searching for right but I'm making video about something so I'll pick picked a topic and you know I never know if it's gonna be a good video or if it's just gonna be another one that I get like a hundred views on uh, but this one I think it's well over 200,000 views I made it a couple years ago and I still get you know probably 200 views a day right now and I get leads every day for a video I made two and a half years ago video works for me we generate 40% yeah. of our leads come from first generating content for for video and then from that you know whether that video gets repurposed into Facebook or um, people just come straight off of YouTube onto our website in the description we always put a link to our website um, but we go to the door and people are like I've watched all your videos and they're sold so that's another thing about branding and YouTube and people getting to know you like you and trust you is by the time you get to the door they're 90% of the way sold already it's much easier selling to people who already like you yeah and they're, they're like oh I can't believe you showed up they think you're a celebrity when you're like I'm just the dude well no you are iPhone. you are Tanner yeah the, the you, I can't believe I hear this a lot I can't believe you actually came they like they expect me to have like a, a sales force yeah. And I don't have a sales force, you know, but they, they, they're surprised that the owner came out, the guy that was in the video. And I was like, right. I shot this with the iPhone a second ago. I, I love it. Cool. So, we'll keep it you, up. And thanks for yeah. coming on the show and sharing, Tanner. Awesome, man. Thank you. Okay. So I'm here with John. And John, you presented today at Simer yesterday yeah. about emerging technology. So yeah. what, what were some of the emerging technologies that you presented on? Uh, we talked a little bit about the different uh, aspects of ChatGPT, how that can help the business owners really manage their business in, in ways they may not have considered before, help me with my emails, help me uh, write some social media blogs and postings, and maybe I just ask questions like, how can I better manage a lead list uh, using email or something? Or how, what is the financial thinking I should do to run my business better? So really it's just using ChatGPT. But we also talked about other things like anonymous uh, driving and maybe anonymous snowplows. Uh, we talked about 
sensors, the importance of sensor data being extracted out of these weather uh, devices, the air temperature, the humidity. And we also talked about GPS and 5G, where that's going. So there was a lot of uh, discussion around what's going on in the in current industry today with IT and how that can help their businesses become a lot more efficient. Which, which, which of those topics did you feel the audience was most interested in using? Uh, I think what impacted me the most were people were coming up to me afterwards, uh, maybe an hour or two later, and they said, I just downloaded ChatGPT, I can't wait to start using it. So I think that might have been an interesting um, new uh, information technology that people learned about that they're going to maybe try to bring into their operations. Yeah, I think they definitely can. And I, I've talked with a lot of people who are using ChatGPT to write business processes and yes. standard operating procedures faster. Yeah. And they're giving it ideas, and ChatGPT is helping them edit it. Yeah, they started off with ChatGPT, then they take it from there, they put their own language yeah. into and, it, and their own. And, so, yeah, so just before we pressed record, we were talking about SEO and yeah. the, the power, you were mentioning blogs sure, and social sure. media, and I see it as a great tool for that and yeah. a starting point though, right? So we've got to edit it, make it personalized, make it on brand, because if everyone Absolutely. just uses ChatGPT, hey ChatGPT, write 100 words about yeah. snow removal. And everybody's going to be saying the same Everyone's thing. Everyone's going to be saying the yeah, same exactly, thing, and I don't exactly. think that'll work with Google from yeah. a duplicate content standpoint, and also from a human standpoint, people reading it. Right. Yeah. In fact, it, you can't really tell yet what's been written by ChatGPT because it's so new. But I think it's eventually you're going to be able to see that this came right from the computer. Right. So, so it's a good starting point. It's a tool yeah. for writing, but it's not the yeah. the end all be all. Yeah. That's a, that's my take yeah. on it. Yeah. Well, well, John, where can people connect with you? Follow uh, more John emerging Paganini trends. John from uh, Crew Tracker Software and. We're a technology company. We made a, some great announcements at the show about how we're integrating weather data, how we're taking data from weather systems uh, and bringing it into the uh, record so that the crews have uh, you know, really smart information about making decisions about how they're running their businesses. All right, everyone, thanks so much for checking out today's show. Hopefully you got inspired, entertained. I know I had a good time making this one. And I hope to see you at one of my upcoming events. We've got a lot of live events, virtual events. So check out landscapersguide.com slash events. See the show notes below. And I look forward to seeing you there. My name is Jack Jostis, and I'll talk to you next week on The Landscaper's Guide.